Hey, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's Word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about community here. Well, hello, ladies. Welcome back. This is a Savor Short. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We are here in the quote-unquote studio. Which is Stacy's kitchen. Yes. So if you hear noises, it's either my washing machine, which I finally got, yay, yay, or the coffee pot or something else. But we are so glad that you're joining us. Suzanne, how are you doing? I'm good. Good. I'm good, Yeah. Yes. Are you? I am good too. I think this will be the first time that we've recorded without either one of us having a, a major... breakdown prior to. <laughs> yes. Yay. Yes. And I just have to say, I am I'm actually really encouraged. Situations that have been going on in my life have not really gotten much better, but man, have I experienced the peace of God and it has been real exciting. So Well, that's awesome because that's exactly what we were talking about the last couple episodes. So I know. Yeah. It's good. It's good. So tell me, what are we going to be talking about on our Saver Short today? And for those of you who may be joining us for the first time, about once a month we do a Saver Short, which is a shorter episode, and it's typically going to focus on resources or biblical literacy, it just means kind of understanding the Bible and how it was written. So this is one of those Saver Shorts. So what are we talking about today on this Saver Short? Okay, don't tune out after I say it because it's going to sound so boring, but we're kind of talking about um, the canon of the Bible um, or why we can trust the Bible. Is it a reliable source? Um, Those kinds of things. And this is mostly going to be a very flyover of that because it is a saver short but we want to link you guys or give you links to resources to go deeper but since i do realize some of you might be checking out i do want to say why we're doing this and why we're starting this um this summer we are going to be doing a bible study together we recognize that a lot of churches kind of don't do bible studies during the summer or they're limited when they're offered and things like that and we just thought it would be fun to go through a book of the bible together so we thought we would start with um kind of explaining why we believe that the bible is authoritative i love that so you've said some words that we just need to clarify real quick the canon of scripture like what are you talking about when you say canon of scripture so canon of scripture uh, canon is a word, it's um, C-A-N-O-N, in case you want to Google it later, um, but it is a set of books accepted as authority, specifically in religious context. So for us, that is the Bible. Okay, so when you say canon of Scripture, you're talking about the 66 books that make up the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so when we say the Bible, it's interchangeable for us as Christians with canon of Scripture. Yes. Okay. I just have to clarify because— I'm I'm glad because sometimes I don't think about breaking it down and what all that means. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So that makes sense. And and when something is canonized, it means that nothing can be added— or taken away. And that's important, I think, when we talk about specifically like translations mm. of the Bible, because translations, there's so much involved in that with like 
a bunch of scholars sitting around and doing the translation. So when we look at translations such as the Passion, that's one man who actually, I, I don't know this to be true, but you can research that, that kind of lied about his credentials maybe or weren't wasn't honest about that. But it was still, the point of that is it was one man who made the translation. And I think there were some things that, you know, his interpretation came out as opposed to just trying to translate what was already there. So I think that's why that's important when we think about not adding to or you can't take away um, from the canon of the Bible. Yeah. And just to clarify that too, because Eugene Peterson wrote the message, but he didn't claim that it was an actual translation. There's a difference between a paraphrase and a translation. And again, we're trying to give you like just a high overview. If you want to dig in more, we're going to link resources in our show notes that you can access. But there is a difference between that. And um, I would approach those two translations more as commentary. And, and in fact, I would, I mean, we're all friends here. I would probably stay away from the passion yeah. translation. Yes. But the message I like can the message, yeah. be helpful. But just to kind of clarify on that, you wouldn't necessarily do a deep dive in a word study on the message because it's not a literal translation. It's a paraphrase. Basically, it's a kind of trying to break it down. It's a good way to start, and it's a good way to have a basic overview, but it's not something where you want to do deep dive study using the message. Right, and I love that you said, because I love Eugene Peterson, and that he came out the gate and said, hey, this isn't a Bible translation. This is kind of me showing you a paraphrase of it. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully that clears things up, and we probably could do hours on it because I geek out over this stuff, and I love different translations of the Bible, and uh, I just find it so interesting. But let's move on to talking about why does the Bible have authority? Like, why is the Bible different than other books? What makes it authoritative? Why do we believe that? How do we know that? Um, So... First of all, I think that, you know, this is going to be like we said, this is almost like a, hey, this is a topic. Go research it. I think that if this is an obstacle for you, we want to give you resources. Um, Additionally, we're in a culture where um, the authority of the Bible is constantly being challenged. I think, you know, we're in the era of deconstruction and progressive Christianity, which does not believe that the Bible is authoritative. So for me, this is, I'll be real honest, I just believed the Bible was the Bible because it was the Bible. And until I took my first systematic theology like group class, and I was like, why did I never wonder these things before? Like, why did I just accept this? But um, if you do a deep dive in this with um, scholars, you will see, I think that it is, can be a reliable source. For me, and I think you'll hear this a lot, that Christianity, um, the proof of Christianity kind of hinges on the life of Jesus, right? The birth, the death, the resurrection. And so when I personally did my own deep dive on this, probably about a year ago or so, um, I focused on the reliability of the Gospels. Um, But I'm going to actually share this link, Felicia Masonheimer over at Every Woman a Theologian. She has a podcast called Verity. And in her second season, she actually did like 11 episodes all on the canon of the Bible, the different parts of the Bible. It's very academic podcast. Um, But I encourage you, if this is something you want to know, 
um, you should listen to it. Also, this is something that people may question you, so to have an answer is good. The number one thing that I took away from my study is with any historical book, any historical book, so not just the Bible, there are two things that historians really delve into to determine the reliability of it. And it has to do with how early the writings were written to the time of the event, and then eyewitness accounts. So the Bible actually has more manuscripts, more original manuscripts than any other historical book ever. Wow. That is crazy to think about. Right. And we there's over 500 witnesses during the, the, the resurrection of Jesus. For me, I'm like, man, if Jesus raised from the dead, I mean, even non-Christian scholars have agreed Jesus was a man. He was a real man who died, was buried, and was erect. Now, I don't know why they're not Christian. For me, if some man raised from the dead that they've been prophesying for all these years, like, I'm like, okay, I'm throwing my, I'm throwing my hat in that bucket, you know? For sure. Um, so those are the two things that really, in my mind, prove that. I mean, we have, like, you will hear this in a lot of the things like Alexander the Great. Those things were written over 400 years after his time. The Bible, most of what we find in the New Testament scholars, I mean, with some variation, but usually we'll say somewhere between 60 and 100 years after Jesus. Wow. Which is considered in historical studies very close to the time. Versus the Alexander that was written 400 years after those events. And right. we don't question those books. We don't question those documents the way that we have a tendency to question or doubt the reliability and the authority of the Bible. Yeah. And just side note for me is like those books or when I read about Alexander the Great, it's not challenging anything in me, like who right. I am as a person. <laughs> right. So that's real easy, I think, to just say, you know, throw your hands up and be like, well, this isn't this isn't trustworthy. So those are that's the main thing that kind of um, that I took away when I was studying. I found that argument very compelling. Um, I will link some things. Dr. Michael Kruger is a like, I think this is what he focused his whole studies on. He has very reliable information. I did link an article he wrote. Um, and then on that link, there are books. He wrote a book called The Canon Revisited, I believe it's called, um, which I have not read that, but it sounds like it would be a great read if this is something you're really interested in studying. Also on that same page, there's other books, but also there's a lot of videos of him on YouTube. Um, and I watched one last night that um, I really thought it was a good interview, so I, I'm going to link that one as as well. Uh, Elisa Childers also has um, a great episode on it. I'll link that. I think it's called How We Got the Amazing Bible or I don't know, something like that. Um, so it's all very interesting, but, you know, we do consider it an inspired book, which it comes from 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Wow. And so God breathed means that this is all from God. But just to clarify, it was God breathed, it's inspired, but it was written through men and maybe some women, we don't know actually, um, that humans penned it, but they were inspired by God through His Holy Spirit to record these things. And we see early on in the Old Testament where God tells Moses, 
write these things down. Um, And so we see that God knew ahead of time that this needed to be recorded and written. And there are several stories in the Old Testament where, you know, the Israelites kept being taken captive and then the temple would become empty and no one would be there. And then they would go back and restore it and they would say, hey, we found the book of the law. And they would read it aloud because it was like discovering something that had been written down. And so we even see throughout the Old Testament them relying on what we now call the Bible scripture, but those scrolls that were written throughout all of the Old Testament history thousands of years ago. And we still have a lot of those uh, manuscripts that obviously not the original manuscripts, but we still have a lot of manuscripts. And I think it was in 1974, the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. And those were manuscripts of every Old Testament book of the Bible, except I think the book of Esther may not have been one that was found in those manuscripts. But that really helped us in modern day have a reliability to the accuracy of these scriptures, this work that we have before us. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things that Dr. Kruger talks about a lot is being able to compare the manuscripts because one of the common arguments um, well, as Christians, we typically believe that the Word of God is inspired, like I said, but it's um, inerrant, means that there's no error. It's not in error. Um, you can trust the words that are in there. And then infallible, which it means it cannot lie, it cannot deceive. It's, it's true. Um, and so one of the arguments is often that you will find um, little variants you know, whether it be like, I remember one time before I knew this, I was reading and I'd read in one gospel and another and the numbers were different of how many people went out. It was like 70 or 74. I don't even remember what it was. But um, one of the things they argue, which in my mind lends to more of the why we can trust the Bible is because they're copying it from other manuscripts. And if I took um, any book, you know, and tried to copy it, all of it, I'm going to have errors. I'm going to have spelling errors. I'm going to have grammatical errors. I may miswrite a number. Um, mm-hmm. like um, So those are all something they call textual criticisms, um, which is a whole study. Yes. All by itself. Like yes, it is. You can get a doctorate in textual criticisms all about this. Um, and so you can go deeper into those kind of things. Um, but yeah, so that... It's just cool that there are so many manuscripts and there were copying errors in some of them. But the the main point of that is it did not change any of the the doctrine. It didn't, nothing, the meaning of the text was not changed in those um, variants and things like that. That is such a good point. So for us today, why does this matter to us, Suzanne? Why does it matter that the Bible is inerrant without error, communicating the attributes nature of God, His covenant to His people? Why does that matter to us today? Um, so I was reading actually this morning in Amos, which will be the book that we're going to be studying together. But Spoiler um, alert. Yeah, spoiler. But um, it talks about how God knows us intimately. And how we have the opportunity to know Him intimately. And I think if we know that we approach this Bible as the Word of God, Mm -hmm. God breathed, um, that in it, it will guide us and not deceive us. That means, that doesn't mean there won't be some confusion about, or or disagreements maybe even in some some doctrines, not core doctrines, um, that, that He reveals Himself 
through through his word and i think um that that allows us to trust him yeah and and being able to prove that this book is historically accurate um that you know you talked about the old testament even the genealogies they've been able to track i mean those were real people yeah um and so i just think it helps us to know god and know his word and be able to put our hope and our trust in it Amen to that. That is so true. And in a world where there's a lot of fake news and a lot of things that are misinformation, this is a book that has been around for a really, really long time. And it has proved over and over again to be true and right. And it is something that we can lay our life on and trust that the words in this book are going to reveal to us the real God. Amen. And I just want to give like one little warning. There's all kinds of stuff on the internet. Um, so that's why I've given you some people that I think that I trust, um, that our scholarly Bible project, Tim Mackey is another one. He has some videos on this that I would trust their opinion, uh, or their, their academic opinion. I don't even know what you call that. Their scholarly opinion. Um, and so there's some other stuff. If you are watching something and you're like, I'm not sure about this or this person, feel free to send it to us. I'll watch it. And I just want to see, because there are other schools of thought out there, but, um, this stuff has been proven. Yeah. So we would love to hear from you guys. If this is an issue for you or you struggle with, can I really trust the gospels? Can I trust the Bible as a whole? How do I know that, you know, the interpretation is right on it, any of that. How do I know it's reliable? If this is really a source of tension for you, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear any questions that you have, and we will address those to the best of our ability. So feel free to email us at saver at crosstownchurch.com with any resources that you found or questions that you may have. But we are excited about what we're going to enter into this summer with um, doing a study of the Bible, and we thought this would just be a good way to tell you why we're going to study a specific book of the Bible. So we are so glad that you were here with us on this Saver Short. We hope that you found it helpful. And don't forget, we're going to link everything that Suzanne talked about in the show notes. So if you're you know, listening to the podcast, if you go click on it, it should have all the show notes with hyperlinks for you to be able to access everything that we talked about today. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today here at Saver. This podcast is a ministry of Crosstown Church. For information about SOAR Women's Ministry or Crosstown Church, please visit crosstownchurch.com or download the Crosstown app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us.